This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hi, my name is Stacy Carpenter. I am the Director of Customer Experience for Tom's, where I oversee UX content and customer service. My favorite thing about working in the digital retail space is that it is constantly changing and there's always something new. Tom's has been an often referenced example of how a successful brand gives back as part of its business model. Recently, Rob Sanchez sat with Stacy Carpenter, Director of Customer Experience for Tom's, on location at Etel West in Palm Springs, California. Coming up, you'll hear how Tom's is on the continuing search for solving customer journey pain points, how there's a focus on educating consumers on the company's mission, why Tom's is part media company, how you can fund a voice with your brand, and the importance of taking a step back from what you do so your own unconscious bias doesn't interfere with the progress and success of your brand. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, powered by Sennheiser and recorded on location. Um, hi, Stacey. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about why you're at Etail and what you're excited about here, and then we can dive a lot more into Tom's as well. So I'm at Etail this year, just looking to see what is out there from an e-commerce platform perspective, and also from a customer pain point, like wanting to measure customer pain points, have active engagement with our customers and be able to react quickly when there is points of friction along the customer journey. Okay. And um, for you, what's what's kind of the big thing for Tom's right now? What are you looking at growing, building, and changing? The big thing for Tom's right now is we are in the midst of evolving the way we give and the way we impact the world. So most recently, our founder was on the Jimmy Fallon show and announced a new initiative to give $5 million towards ending gun violence, which is the largest corporate donation to date for this issue. And we're looking to bring that message to toms.com and find ways to create experiences that not only educate our customers about our new evolution, but also use that to drive a purchase. How are you handling the cause side of Tom's with the um, selling side of Tom's? How do you handle that identity? There's like, there's two ways that people know the company and there's this great connection to it. But I've always wondered about that, um, the intersection of the two and how to keep it feeling from feeling commercial when you're helping. Yeah, that's a great question. So our mission as a business is to use business to improve lives. So as far as the relationship between our mission and our sales goes, is they are one in the same. We are in business because of our mission, but we drive greater impact through greater sales. 
So the more we sell, the more we are able to give and vice versa, right? So it's a symbiotic relationship. One does not exist without the other. And we're constantly finding a way to balance both on toms.com while staying true to the brand that we are, which is a mission-driven brand. Does that impact your choices around the technology you use and how you communicate the story? Yes, absolutely. So we're always trying to find ways to educate our consumers about our mission and not always relying on quintessential e-commerce sales tactics, but being a little bit more innovative and a little bit more interactive with our consumers. And when you're um, launching a new initiative like the anti-gun violence initiative, um, are you tying that to specific products or are you tying that to the brand itself? It's tied to the brand itself because through the sales of all of our products is how we're able to drive impact. It's not like most brands where they'll do a specific product line, right, that is driving yeah. impact for one cause. All of our products drive impact around the world. And um, as you're thinking about the product development cycle, then are you, what's the thought process that goes into that? And then on the marketing and communication side, what's the thought process there as well? So we're constantly trying to come up with ways to test and drive the customer more into learning about the DNA of the brand rather than pushing them straight into product. So mm -hmm. now, right now we're thinking of ways, how can we welcome the customer through telling our brand story rather than showing them product right away? Mm -hmm. And so with the story being that front then, um, do you see yourselves as partially a media company or how do you think about that side of, of the like communication side? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Working in the e-commerce space, Tom's.com is on 24-7. It's like CNN without the commercials. So we're constantly trying to find ways to engage with our customers and get them to keep coming back and um, have more content to go through, right? That keeps them on our site and keeps them engaged with the brand story. You have a couple partnerships as well with physical locations. And um, I'm not, frankly, not sure if online you also do a lot of partnerships that are the same. Um, how do you approach that side of the storytelling, like the, the bringing together multiple people to the table? So we are constantly trying to find ways to highlight our partners, whether it's a wholesale partner or a giving partner, and also trying to find ways to integrate those partnerships into Tom's.com since there's two sides to Tom's.com, right? It is a sales channel, but it is also the window to the brand around the world. So we're constantly trying to find that balance between being the window to the brand and also driving sales. What tools have you found most effective on the window to the world side for the brand? Um, are you relying heavily on video? Are you looking at like uh, push campaigns? What's the methodology that you're using? We do a lot of social media live stories mm -hmm. has been probably the most effective on site. Um, wherever we can incorporate video, we do. We're a little bit held back by our own technology, but video mm -hmm. is obviously a huge component to our storytelling. 
and just wherever we can give the consumer a little bit more insight into what we do and give them like that sneak behind the curtain. Okay. And then from your role, what's the thing that you're working on right now that most excites you? So one of the things that I'm working on right now that most excites me is we, again, are thinking of ways in which we can introduce the customer to the brand right as they land on toms.com, engage them with our impact, and let that lead them into their shopping experience. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing that? Like, what's the, what's the mechanism that you're using right now? Yeah, so one of the things that we're looking to do is leveraging our email capture, but having a little bit more fun with it, right? So not yeah. just saying, hey, give us your email, so we'll give you like 10% off, but more saying, hey, what are you interested in? What's the issue that matters most to you? And then letting the customer know what we do that impacts that issue and how their purchase actually can impact an issue that they care most about. Are you also using that to prospect for new causes to be involved with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because we're looking to see what issues customers gravitate towards, right? And what issues um, are not necessarily of interest. And how do you handle the sometimes politically fraught nature of um, decisions of what to support? Are you thinking through it all that side of it, or is this driven by the companies? Um, yeah, so it's something that we are very careful about. We're very fortunate at Tom's in that we have a wide consumer base that has all sorts of political beliefs and feelings. And we always try to come from it of the perspective of the majority of our customers believe in this. Mm-hmm. And we think this is the right way to approach an issue. When it came to the um, gun violence campaign, I think that could have easily been a really divisive, very political message. Yeah. But coming straight from our founder, we really wanted it to be about something that an overwhelming majority of Americans agree upon, like universal background checks. So yeah. over 90% of Americans actually agree that universal background checks should be the law of the land. Yeah, 100%. And that's yeah. why we really focused on that issue, because we knew it was something that a majority of people out there were already in agreement upon. But it's something that we're very careful about. We don't ever want to make people feel uncomfortable on toms.com. We want toms.com to be a welcoming, like safe space. And we want to use our voice to drive impact on issues that a large amount of people are concerned about. Yeah. Um, how much of what you are doing is like poll driven and how much of it is organic from conversations that come to you? Are you focused a lot on extracting information from the customers or is it more that um, organically it's coming together? I would say it's definitely a mix. We're constantly reaching out to customers for feedback on every initiative that we work on, especially from the UX perspective, from my perspective on technical projects. But also, I think we are coming up with concepts internally, right? And then kind of bringing them out externally to get some feedback. Excellent. So I'd love to go a little bit into that technical side now and and just, um, can you walk us through how you've thought about constructing the site and what you're putting together on it? 
So my feeling is e-commerce can be very cold, right? Yeah. A digital transaction can be very robotic. Websites inherently were built by engineers who are not necessarily the most humane people out there. Sometimes yeah. you'll read an error message and it'll sound as if not only it was written in a foreign language, but um, that it's not actually a person saying that. So my yeah. goal coming from that UX perspective is to bring that human element to a website and make the customer feel like they could be shopping in a physical space. Mm -hmm. So how do you welcome them to your website? How do you kind of take them along the journey? And then how do you complete the transaction? All with a human tone and with a sense of empathy. I think that's probably the most important thing of all. Now, a, a designer I um, know very well was talking a little bit about how personality drives differences in UI and UX design. And he was saying that, um, so he worked on, a, at, at the time, he was at Priceline. And they were looking at, okay, a, an introvert asks these questions when they hit a site. An extrovert asks these questions. They're completely different paths with completely different support mechanisms. And sometimes they clash. And um, are you getting into that side of it as well as you're trying to create the personality? Are you thinking about the psychology of the person that you're approaching or are you trying to hit more of like a generalized avatar? We're definitely doing a little bit of both. So one thing that I think is really important is to create personas, right? Your customers are infinitely unique, but you can at least start to create some profiles that help you speak their language. And from there, what I would recommend is finding your voice as a brand. So when you're speaking to your customer, it always has a certain tone, right? It always has um, a certain... Harsh and unwelcoming, right? Yeah, a certain <laughs> um, welcoming feel to it yeah. that makes you feel, I've come to Tom's versus uh, another brand. Yeah. The other thing that I think is incredibly important today, probably more than ever, is inclusive design and trying to be as unbiased as possible. Mm -hmm. So again, getting lots of feedback from all different types of people and also making sure that no matter who you are and what sort of ability you might have, you can shop on toms.com. How are you handling that? How are you looking at the ADA and the compliance side? It's really important to us as a business, especially we actually help restore sight for people that purchase our eyewear. Yeah. So people being visually impaired, Shopping on toms.com is especially important. So every single project we take on, we are making sure we are following um, the ADA rules. And from start to end, we're constantly bringing in people that use software that helps them access websites to make mm -hmm. sure that our website is as accessible as it can be. Okay. There are street performers behind you walking around with giant capes, which is very strange. I don't understand. Um, I thought that shows didn't have that, but uh, that's fun, I guess. Um, so a <laughs> little bit of a distraction there. Um, yeah, so going beyond the ADA side and, and diving in there a little bit, how... Um, 
Beyond bringing people in, how are you thinking about ways of identifying new communities to help and support? Or um, are you there waiting again for like people to come in or for guidelines to drive it? Are you thinking, okay, this, you know, like for example, someone on the autism spectrum may be overwhelmed by um, like a video when you first hit a site. It might be better to do something that's a little calmer. Are you thinking about that uh, um, sort of interaction and trying to identify communities ahead of time? Yes, absolutely. So one of our core values as a company is opportunity for all and to be as inclusive as possible. I recently read this stat. It's like 20% of the world's population that has some form of different ability that limits their access to the web. Yeah. which means possibly 20% of your customers, right? Yeah. So it's not just doing it because it's the right thing to do, but also you might be missing out on 20% of yeah. your business because your website is not prepared for all types of people. I we, do. I think about how, how many companies miss the economic side of it. Exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of companies, when they look at it, they go, ugh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, another thing that I have to worry about. There's all these rules. I don't have the resources, blah, blah, blah. But there's so many tools now today that are really easy to get up and running. Yeah. We have worked with a third party to help us with accessibility. And it's, it's not nearly as overwhelming as it might seem. Are you using like colorblindness um, tools to, to check and see like color layout and things like that? Is, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we create guidelines on our team of like best practices for a design, for color contrast, for typography, for yeah. imagery and videos. And then we pass that along to our creative team. So they yeah. have some guidance as to uh, what kind of assets to create to make sure that they're as inclusive as possible. Are you also working through site design from like a speech to text and... Um, auditory standpoint? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually, a while back, I used a screen reader to shop on our site, which immediately made me realize what a terrible experience it was for people using screen readers. Yeah. And once you actually dive in, it's incredibly yeah. difficult. So immediately gives you that sympathy, right? And then the wheels start to really yeah. turn. Hi, it's Mark Rico. I want you to listen to this. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. It's a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Mouth Media Network. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Mouth Media Network. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter 
get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Mouth Media Network. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm thinking about how um, with audio becoming much more prevalent in the world, there's this move to rethink the structure and flow. So we designed a podcast app and when we did it, we designed it as if you're having a conversation with somebody, what would the flow of questioning be? And then you order everything in that order. So that is the expected flow. So that if you ever have to move the entire experience to audio only, that actually becomes a much easier transition because you've already written the script. Yeah. Are you looking at all at the um, purchase at home, like Amazon uh, home purchase products or anything like that? Are you going to ex- um, do website-less uh, commerce at all? We're looking at it. It's definitely on my radar. I think it's still a bit out as far as me as a customer buying Tom's shoes via my Alexa. I think mm-hmm. we're a little bit still out from that. I'm still trying to get used to telling Alexa what music I like. Yeah. But definitely but on the, the brand radar. side. And I do think this concept of ordering through voice is interesting, right? Yeah. And a big part of the future. But I'm still interested to see how it evolves from an actual like fashion perspective. Is there yeah. still, I think, a strong contingency when it comes to purchasing shoes or fashion in general that I want to see it, I want to feel it, I want to look at the pictures, I want to look at the texture, I want to look at the material. Yeah. So how do you describe that? Yeah, voice to a customer. Yeah, I feel like inclusive design is definitely like the hot topic of 2018. And I don't know if anyone is really doing that great of a job with it, to be honest. But at least it's part of the conversation now. You know, we all come from different backgrounds and we all have different life stories and we all speak yeah. in our own vernacular, right? So we have all these biases that we're bringing to the table yeah. without even knowing it. So how do you design for the masses and appeal to the masses while also not turning off any minority groups? Yeah. I think it's it's tricky, right? Yeah. And it's really hard. I, I think that's where personalization comes into play and... AI, right, and machine learning and all these new technologies that we're all just starting to play around with and understand. To me, I see it all converging at some point where we use personalization to completely change a website for an individual user. Yeah. So I come to toms.com and I have a completely different experience than someone who comes to toms.com from a different part of the country where maybe the weather is different. Maybe they are male versus me being female. Maybe they have bad feet, right? There's only certain shoes that they can wear. Yeah. But same website, totally different experiences. Yeah, so you're building the shell and the delivery. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, the site is completely headless. Yeah. Right? And the consumer is dictating the story of their experience. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what. Um, what the future holds it because that becomes a content management and um, nightmare in some ways 
and opportunity in others. Yeah. Um, and then it all becomes about the speed of development of content as well as the, the delivery choices you make. So to me, the exciting part is going to be around building the taxonomies that allow you to address those needs. You just, you need to stay flexible, right? You need yeah. to have that scalability. You need to have that flexibility. And the technology is going to be what powers everything, right? But then the complexity of it all is technology is biased as well because humans build technology and yeah. humans with biases create technology. That's one of the biggest issues with AI right now is actually the training sets are biased. Um, so you look at like crime statistics, they're biased by hundreds of years of public policy and prejudice, and yet they're training people on what the future will look like. Um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. We don't have too much time left, so I'd love to ask you for any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience. I'd have one example of some unconscious bias that I just briefly wanted to talk about. So... We get our product names from our product team and, you know, we just put them up on the site. We don't even think about it. And we had this shoe that was beige and we named it a nude ballet flat, Mm. but nude for who? Yeah. It's not nude for everyone. Right. So I think it's just so important to always take a step back from everything you do when it comes to retail and interacting with your consumers and make sure that you're not bringing in your own unconscious bias yeah. into a project. Well, it's also interesting because norms shift tremendously and what's okay at certain times is not okay at others. And, exactly. and in some cases that's because of a learning process. And in some cases it's because we've changed our mind as a society and it's hard to sometimes um, say, well, this is all, this is good and it's always good. Right. And um, so it's also that self check. Yeah, self-check and just trying your best, right? And being able to learn, fail fast and get back up and respond and fix. Don't be too set in your ways. Don't be too grumpy. Don't try and find scapegoats. Just fix it, move on, find the next one, fix it, move on. Just It's a constant learning. And that's what I love about digital And that's what I love about e-commerce, right? We're constantly learning. We're constantly evolving and changing. Nothing in digital is ever final. I think that's what makes it so exciting. It's alive and just constantly shifting. Well, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. Yeah, thank you for having me. So this is Rob. Uh, Good night, y'all. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.